Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. We're just so, so, so excited to have um, the Hears speak to us tonight. Janae and Sam here. They're not nervous at all. Not at all. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Thank you. I felt really bad watching you up here taking the thing down. I was like, oh, we should be up there. Hi. Hi. All right. Now I feel all thrown off. I'm so thankful for the worship team because I was nervous. Well, the Holy Spirit, but... I was nervous, but then during worship, I was like, this is fine. I've got this. God's got this. Yeah, it's good. But um, all right, Uh, we are so thankful to be here. We're so thankful to be able to speak to you guys and share what God has been speaking to us. Um, But as is tradition, we must say thank you to the leaders in our life. And I've cried several times this week (laughs) thinking about it. I probably won't cry now, right, because I'm supposed to cry and be like, really emotional about it and when I'm supposed to it's not going to happen but when I'm in the car it will so um, we're just so thankful for the leaders that are in our lives for Pastor Bob, Pastor Shar, Pastor Jake and Pastor Abby you guys have poured into us so much and you guys have been there for us for so much we're so thankful for you guys Sam's crying probably just got a runny nose (laughs) and Amy I'm so thankful for you as well Sam is too I'm sure we didn't talk about that one, so. I am. but we're so thankful for you guys. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Jake and Pastor Abby, I was thinking about it this week, and I was like, I want to say something really nice to them. <laughs> and I was like, I've never had a friendship that has poured into me the way that our friendship has and, and your leadership has. You guys have always been there pushing us forward and being there for us as friends and as leaders, and we're so thankful for that. He does look like he's tearing up. (laughs) Okay, and as is tradition, I wanted to start with like a joke or a funny story. But so I'm going to do a funny story, two funny stories, but I'm going to try and do them quick. So, um, and I really wanted to, what? I really wanted to try and tie these stories into um, our sermon thing so that it was just a part of it because they could work. But when we prayed about what God wanted us to talk about, they didn't work. So I was like, I'm just going to tell them anyways. (laughs) So um, this year, we planted our garden on time, which is a miracle in and of itself. We we were planting our tomatoes in the garden, and Sam was digging, and I was handing him the plants. And I looked down, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a cocoon in the ground. Like, it must be like some nasty grub-type animal. But it was still cool. It was like a cocoon. So I bent over, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Sam, it's a cocoon. And as I was saying cocoon, I realized that it was a cat turd, which was really disgusting. (laughs) So, yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, (laughs) I need a Kleenex, too. But 
Um, and then the other funny thing that this one I totally thought could have been a sermon illustration, but we um, usually I plant squash, and usually I fail to harvest the squash. And so all of our squash from last year was in our compost pile. And apparently all the bunnies were eating it this year because when I was mowing the lawn the first time this year, there was like, there's like 15 squash plants in random spots around our yard. So the bunnies like ate it and pooped it out. And then these plants are growing, which is super funny, which could be like a planting seeds uh, thing, example or whatever. But anyways... Do we have anything else to say before we start? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going first, right? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so thank you, leaders. Thank you. Cocoons. All right. Um, so I thought it was pretty crazy how... Is this thing on? Yeah. Um, Sarah you were talking about like all that stuff with the temple and whatnot. And I'm just kind of like all about that, you know, the temple stuff. Cause, um, it sounds really weird. Just bear with me. So, um, when we were asked to talk or preach or whatever you want to call it, um, we did this thing where we went our separate ways and listened separately for God's voice, and then we're like, Let's, when it comes together, it'll be good, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> great idea in theory, yep. And um, so when I I was like going after it, and um, which probably wasn't that intense, but it, uh, nonetheless, I was going after it. And um, I felt like God was really talking about like the symbolism and the similarities with the temple and the priesthood and I really felt like the priesthood was something I wanted to talk about and um so I'm like oh yeah let's go to Leviticus let's do this and um like Leviticus chapter 8 is the consecration of the priests and there's a lot of crazy crap that happens and I was pretty stoked but um as the weeks progressed it kind of became this thing that was like doesn't really fit. It's just kind of a cool little, but I kept like pulling for it. Like literally, twenty minutes before we came here, I was still like, "We're gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It doesn't make sense. I'm gonna do it. Not gonna do it." <laughs> so, but I am gonna talk about the priesthood because that was kind of fun. Also, another side note: Did anyone else's like dad help them with homework, like math homework after school? Yeah. Andy knows what's up. So my dad always made fun of my handwriting, called it chicken scratch. And boy, he'd have a field day with these notes, I'll tell you what. Can't even read that. But I can. Okay, here we go. For effect, that was for effect, Pastor Bob. Okay, like I said, I was, uh, God's been talking to me about the priesthood, and um, I got to thinking that I lost my spot, because chicken scratch. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. 
So what does a priest do? Like, what did they do in the day, you know? Because obviously we don't have, I mean, we have pastors, but we don't have people slaying crap, you know? So, but that's not the only thing they did, right? So this is what all they did. Are you ready? All right. The first thing they did was taught. They taught the Torah and, sorry, my nose is running. And just like the law, which is the Torah. Okay, so that's the first thing they did. The other thing they did was they were like, they served as judges over the congregation. So they, like if somebody had like a dispute, like if Janae and I had a dispute, we'd go to priest Jacob and he would be like, Sam, you're wrong. Your wife's always right. You're right. So then, um, can I get a hallelujah? Oh, yeah. So then the third thing they did was obviously offer sacrifices. That was kind of a thing they did, like, a lot. Um, Another thing they did was assess impurities, like leprosy. If you had leprosy, you went to the priest, and they were like, leprosy. Um, Then the other thing they did was bless the Lord, bless the people, keep the tabernacle, take care of all, like, the altar and the lamps and all the stuff. And then... um, they prepared, like, holy things for travel. Um, they kept the sacred fire on the altar burning. And they offered up incense morning and night. And um, they blew trumpets, which was pretty sweet. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, what the normal priest did. And um, there was also a high priest, which was, in the time of, like, Leviticus, was Aaron. So... Aaron was the high priest, and he had, like, some other duties. So his, um, one of the main thing that he did was once a year, he would offer up the, uh, hey, Daniel, what up, dog? Um, he offered up a sacrifice on the Day of Atonement, which is a pretty big deal. It was, um, it covered all the sin for all the congregation of the year and for himself, and he was the only one that could go into the Holy Holies and put the blood on the mercy seat. Anyone else who went in there would die. It just would be a bad day. Um, another thing they did was they consecrated the other priest. So if, like, another new priest was coming, they consecrated him. So if you want to learn about that, uh, check out Leviticus chapter 8. It's pretty cool. Um, and then another, and then the last, one of the other things, or last thing, I guess, was that they were a mediator between God and man. So, because we didn't have a relationship yet. Anyway, so all that to say, let me get back to here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's go to First Peter 2. Verse 9. I like the sound of turning pages. Mm. Yep. Fan it out. All right. Is everybody there? Do I need to wait? Did everybody find it? Got it? Andy's got it. Okay. Here we go. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, what does that say? That we're priests, right? So, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that, like, we're going around getting the sin offering bowl and cutting it up. Unless Pastor Bob is on. But, I mean, as far as I know, we don't, nobody does that anymore, you know? So, what is the parallels between us and that? Um, I'm glad you asked, because it's here. All right. So, to keep the fire, like, burning on the altar is like a parallel of keeping our hearts burning for the Lord, you know? And, um, yeah. Um, and, like, incense, offering incense morning, noon, and night would be, um, like, praying and offering, like, praise and then having time with God in our secret place. Um, and then the trumpets is kind of like an obvious one. should be drums, just saying. But um, you got it. Um, so the trumpets, is they use that for worship, obviously. So we're all called to worship. And, um, yeah, it was another interesting thing about the trumpets. Sorry about the trumpets. There was only two of them. Um, but it was used for, like, an alarm. It was used for an attack, and it was used for worship. So it was used as an alarm, it was used for attack, and it was used for worship. So, yes, and so keep your ears out, I'll tell you what. All right. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool, you know, like, we're all priests, we're all called to do stuff, and there's, like, different duties, and we all have our own duty, but who's the high priest? Mm, you guys must have been reading Leviticus. <laughs> Tell you what. So yeah, Jesus is obviously our high priest, because let's look at the parallels right there, huh? Whoops. They were there. Anyway, um, the, the parallels right there are, so the priest offered up blood, on the Day of Atonement, and he was the only one going to the Holy of Holies. Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood, went to heaven. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to, sorry, Hebrews 9, 11, 15. I didn't want to spoil it. That's why I stopped mid-sentence. I know it was awkward. Bear with me. Hebrews 9, 11 through 15. Listo? Listo, okay. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. 
For the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of the heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of eternal inheritances. Mamacita. All right. Well, sorry, I say weird things, and Mamacita just happens to be one of them. And, um, so, yeah. Yeah, so Jesus is our high priest, and he, as we just read, offered up his blood, and it's all done. Boom. So that's covered. Um, <laughs> just not, yeah, that's, we're good. And then he consecrates other priests. So who's the other priest? Mm. You guys got it. So, yeah. All right. I'm going somewhere with all this. So just hang tight. All right. Just ride the wave. Right, right babe? Ride the wave? Yep. Sorry, trumpets. We're going backwards. Silence is okay. Just so you know, it's fine. We don't need to talk all the time. I disagree. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, wasn't worship like great without the drums tonight? Like coming from a drummer, like that was weird, huh? But it was good. So good. I think it's okay to be still once in a while, huh? I don't know where that came from, but we'll let it slide. Okay. Got to do a nose wipe. Just. I better boogie here, huh? <laughs> okay. We're hanging in there. Without his blood, there is no way for us. But he is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. Okay, so now we're going to go to Ephesians 2. We're doing a lot of Bible flipping, so just it's good. It's good for your fingers. Just don't get paper cuts. Ephesians 2, 17 through 22. Okay. Ready? And he came and preached peace to those who were far away. Far away mean like Gentiles. And peace to those who were near, being the Jews. For those, oh, sorry. For through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Bless you. At a boy. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation, oh, foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. 
in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Mm. Yes. So, we're priests. God's the high, well, Jesus is the high priest. And we're building material. And Jesus is our cornerstone. Is that five or is it four? I don't know. Um, with Jesus as the cornerstone, it cannot fail. That's a fact. It only grows, but we have to build together. Um, with Jesus as the high priest, if we don't listen to him, like that was another job was of the high priest was to direct the priests. So if we don't listen to the high priest, then what are we doing? So if we have to do it together, but we all have different duties. Because if we're all playing trumpets all the time, unless it's drums, it's pretty annoying. Am I right? <laughs> so, you know, like I'm not saying that we can't all put, come on, Jake, I'm not saying we're all can't play trumpets. But, you know, there's seasons and there's duties and we all have that, right? So, yeah. That's all I got. All right, so I guess I'll pick up from here. Um, so when I was praying about what God wanted us to speak about or me to speak about, um, he kept saying to me, Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. I don't know if God talks to anybody else like that, but when he talks to me, he like repeats words over and over again. And I, I don't know if it's just because I don't listen the first time. So he's like, Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. And he kept saying it. And I was like, okay. So I read Ephesians like five times and I listened to it some more times. And then I listened to some teachings on it and whatever, trying to get Ephesians into my spirit. And um, so when Sam and I came together um, and he told me what he wanted to talk about and I told him what I wanted to talk about, um, I thought it was kind of cool because where I picked up in Ephesians is in chapter four. And in all of the studies that I watched about Ephesians, the first three chapters of Ephesians are all about what Jesus did for us and the fact that he is our high priest and that he made a way for us and that because of him, we have eternal life. We are saved through him. We are unified through him. And then in Ephesians 4, it goes and it starts to talk about how we as Christians are supposed to walk out our walk, our Christian walk. So also, I'm not as good at memorizing things as Sam is, so I'm going to read my notes and I'll probably screw up, but that's okay. So what? We need to get better at not responding to the things people say. <laughs> Somebody said something to me? <laughs> okay, so I'm starting out in Ephesians 4, 3 through 8. I also forgot to give the um, my scriptures to... Oh, did you gave them? Oh. How did you know them? All right, so... Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope 
of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Unity brings God joy. Unity of his body brings him joy. I went off notes. That was good. Anyways, <laughs> unity of the body is extremely important to God. Paul says, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony in the bonds of peace. This means to make it a consistent practice to guard the harmony in the church, to consistently remind ourselves that it is more important to God that we get along and have peace amongst ourselves than it is for us to prove ourselves. both within our immediate church family and within the church as a whole. How many of us know that when Jesus comes back, he is not just coming back for world harvest? <laughs> he is coming back for... Sure. <laughs> he, he is coming back for his church as a whole. He is coming back for his bride. He is coming back for a unified body of believers. It is so important that we live in a manner of peace amongst each other. It is not about what we have and what we do and what they don't have and what they don't do, but about what we all have, which is Jesus. It is not a competition of who has more or who has less because we all have the same God. It just sometimes looks different the way we live it out. But another thing that's important to remember is it's not our job to dictate how another person's walk goes. It's the Holy Spirit's job to teach them. This is really hard. I know you guys are always, Pastor Jake and Pastor Abby are always like, give me some feedback. I can't focus, but keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's hard to focus though. Um, unity is one of those things that the world does not understand. When the church functions in harmony, it sets an example, an example that can't be matched by worldly alternatives, and the world will notice. This is possible because we are made new in Christ. We all are. Every believer, every person who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior is made new. The old is dead, and the new has come. God has created us each with our own purpose, and he has given us each gifts for building up the kingdom of God and for serving and loving each other. The gifts are for serving and loving each other and for building up the body. Jesus' life was not lived for him. He did not come to the earth and live a life of pleasing himself. He lived a life unto the Lord and for us. We too are supposed to live our lives unto the Lord and for others. We all have purposes great purposes, fulfilling purposes, and we should find joy in our purposes. Psalm 37.4, did you give them that one? Oh, sorry. Says, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire most. Another translation says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of our heart. How many of you have experienced that when we delight in the Lord, when we find peace in his presence, when we walk with him in the cool of the day, when we wake each morning eager to meet with him, 
When we make Jesus the center, when we spend more time looking at his face than we spend looking at our own, when we delight in him, his desires become our desires. Another thing that God has been speaking to me this week as I was preparing, and I didn't want to do this part, but it's, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Everybody else sing it with me. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Question. Was that on your original worship set list? It was? Oh, I didn't see it, but I was like, that's crazy. That was part of what made me less nervous. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Anyways, I promise I didn't see it. (laughs) No, I do too. Anyways, uh, (laughs) basically, the more time we spend with him, the more we will look like him. The more that we recognize and and can choose to take off the old and put on the new. We take off the lies and we put on truth. We take off anger, and we put on peace. We become less greedy, and we become more generous. We no longer gossip, but we encourage. We don't seek revenge, but we forgive. We don't lust and seek the pleasures of this world, but we have self-control. We replace jealousy with self-confidence. We become thankful for what Jesus has done for us. We praise him in unity as one whole body. We worship him in our alone time, and we walk with him in the cool of the day. The next time you're feeling jealous, angry, or lustful, or any of those other things that I just listed, I challenge you to spend time with Jesus, and I promise your perspective will change. And we do all of this with humility. It is not about me and what I can do. It is about God and what he can do. I found it interesting in one of the teachings that I was listening to, the pastor who was preaching about Ephesians um, made the point, and I tried to research it myself, but I'm bad at researching. So if this isn't true, it's that other pastor's fault. (laughs) But apparently... Before the word humility or humbleness was used in these letters that Paul was writing, it didn't even exist in the Greek or the Roman language. This is something that is unique to the church. Elevating others above ourselves. I have an amazing purpose God has created for me. God has created us for amazing things, and we can rest in that. But we are all to live humbly and not for ourselves. We have the light of the Lord shining through us, and we are to take that out into the world and shine it in the darkness. That's another thing that I read this week that I was like, I want to connect that, and I'll just connect it right here. Going off notes. Mark it in your notes. (laughs) Janae went off notes. Anyways, um, I read a devotional. I have this devotional. It's by Christine Kane, and I've had it for like three years, and I tend to go to it when I'm feeling like stressed or whatever. I'm not very good at diligently doing it. But every time I go to it, it's a very timely word, almost every time. And um, one of the devotionals that I read this week was about um, 
a kid going into a store and they're in this store and they find this flashlight that they want to buy and they're like turning it on in the store and they can barely tell if the flashlight is on because there's all these lights in the store and and she talks about how you need to take the flashlight out into the darkness where its purpose can be fulfilled because otherwise you can barely see the light so that was one thing that I was thinking about talking about but yes we need to go out into the darkness and shine our light. We need to spend time with people that aren't saved in good context. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, so the things that we do are not for our own glory, but for the glory of the Lord. And humility doesn't mean that you don't have confidence or you don't know your worth. It means that you recognize that it is not all about you you do not have to be the front and center receiving praise. You want Jesus to be front and center receiving praise. In Luke 14, Jesus says, Remember this, everyone with a lofty opinion of who he is and who seeks to raise himself up will be humbled before all. And everyone with a modest opinion of who he is and chooses to humble themselves will be raised up before all. Hopefully I read that right. This is a really tricky thing because um, humbling ourselves for the purpose of being raised up, if we are humbling ourselves for the purpose of being raised up, if we're looking at this verse and we're like, I need to do things that are humble so that I can be not low <laughs> or whatever, then we're doing, we are still operating from the wrong motivation. We need to choose to live humbly. Striving is not for the kingdom of God. You can be the most talented, the most eligible, the most qualified person, and if you are striving, you will never find peace and contentment in the things you are pursuing. Our motive has to be Jesus and furthering his kingdom. That is where we see growth and revelation, resting in him and his plan and his timing. Fix your eyes on him. If we are fixed on him, there is no way we can fail. If we keep our gazes straight ahead, not looking to the left or to the right, there is no way that we can fail. If we take each step with our eyes on him, there is no way we can go too fast, and there's no way we can go too slow if we constantly are fixing our eyes on him. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so we just wanted to take um, a minute and... Um, if we could all stand. I know sitting is nice, but and Amy, if you don't mind doing your thing. Um, we just wanted to offer an opportunity to anyone that wants to like rededicate their life or give their life to Jesus for the first time. Um, we just wanted to throw that out there, and um, if it sticks, great. And maybe, it, I don't know. But we just really felt that as we were preparing and practicing and stuff. So um, why don't we just bow our heads and close our eyes and put our hands on our heart. And I'll, um, I'm just going to say a prayer. And um, if you want to give your life to the Lord or you want to recommit, um, just kind of say this or go with me. You know what I mean? Um, so Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. 
we thank you that you are our high priest and we thank you that you've made atonement for us and that there's nothing that we can do that will reverse that or better that because there's no bettering it. And God, we just pray that um, we just pray that you would become real to us. I thank you for um, for you and I just pray right now that um, if anyone is feeling um, like they need a rededication to their to Jesus, I just pray right now that you would meet them where they are and that they would take a good hard look at it and realize that it's a good deal. I also pray for those that haven't accepted Jesus yet, and I just pray that they would take a good hard look at it. And they would see that it's a good deal. I just pray peace over decisions and peace over minds. And I just pray that you would meet people tonight. Move people's hearts. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And in your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. church fashion, we are going to read the Ephesians benediction. <laughs> I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the, to the measure of all the fullness of God and now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Also just want to mention, sorry, <laughs> if you rededicated or if you um, decided to choose Jesus as your Savior, there will be the ministry team up here. Don't leave without telling somebody. God created us to be in community, and it's important that we are in community. The first thing that God changed when he made the Garden of Eden was he decided that it was not good for man to be alone, and that is still true. So, yeah, that that's all now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.